and welcome to It's a Musical Podcast, the podcast show where I force my fiancé to watch the musicals we really should have seen by now, and then we talk about them. I am the fiancé. And I'm Drew. And do you believe in life after love? Yes. I actually have no idea how to answer that. I remember when that song came out. It's one of the first songs, like, as a kid, I remember. Like, it's like, what, 97? The first song I remember hearing as a kid is Crazy Frog. Ooh, that sucks. I do feel old now. That was like, I was a teenager. Mm -hmm. Gross. (laughs) (laughs) The reason why I say we today is because neither of us had seen the show that we're going to be talking about. No, because it's a brand new show, a brand new UK tour Mm -hmm. of The Share Show. Yeah. And we're here to share our thoughts. Mm Mm-hmm. Because we went to the new Victoria Theatre in Woking to see this. And I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I was surprised at how many songs I kind of recognised. But I don't know. You know, I I was like... I did say that to you before we went in to see it. I did say, I think there's going to be a lot of songs that you recognise, but that you don't know that you know. Yes, I don't know. I know I know. <laughs> yeah, and we've obviously got an absolutely incredibly cast ahead of this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, a few weeks ago, I was very lucky to have a chance to sit down with Millie O'Connell, who is playing Babe in this one. Mm-hmm. But we obviously have uh, Danielle Steers, yep. another six alum, mm-hmm. uh, as Lady, and Debbie Currup as Star, playing the three iterations of share yes now from what i understand this one kind of had a bit of a troubled history on broadway just before we kind of talk about this show mm-hmm. it had a very brief run yeah so it ran for 296 performances plus 30 ish previews yeah it ended on broadway in august of 2019 after having premiered Uh, in 2018 in Chicago and then having moved to Broadway in 2018 later that year. But it was supposed to go on an immediate tour after it closed on Broadway. Yeah. And then also tour here. And unfortunately, that didn't happen. No, we know that there was a global pandemic that kind of got in the way of this one. Yes, but it was... uh, it was postponed and announced, they announced that in October of that year. And then it was supposed to rerun in America and actually has not, as of now, started yet. Maybe they're in rehearsals. I really hope they are. I hope they're in rehearsals. I think this show will do really well as a touring production that reaches multiple people. Mm-hmm. I think this show has a lot of potential and is a really fun story. Yeah. Especially because it is a biopic. It's the life of Cher. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of stuff in there that I knew and a lot of stuff I didn't know. Yeah. So I think, like the Osmonds, a new musical, this has a fan base ready for it. Mm -hmm. But is this a fan base that would travel into Broadway for it or into London for it? Maybe not. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's a fan base who would see it if it came to a theatre near them. Yeah. The version we're seeing has had some modifications. So the music is a little bit different from what I understand. Yeah, there's a couple of different musical numbers. There's some condensed musical numbers. So we got the removal 
of a bunch of songs um, just to sort of shorten it down, I think. And just because some of the songs were kind of doing the same thing a couple yes. of times over. And then we also had a couple of songs just from Cher's mother, Georgia Holt. Uh, like solo songs that they then cut just because the focus, they wanted to be more on Cher. Which I think is understandable. Yeah. And obviously when I'm saying Cher, I mean Babe, Star and yes. Lady. I think what, having seen it, it's very clear that this is kind of Cher's story and these moments have to include Cher. So like moments of like intimate songs from mum without Cher being there don't really work. Mm-hmm. This is non-diegetic in a lot of ways because, like, it's intimate songs. Yeah. But the world kind of, you know, you have a few songs that are live performances and a few songs that are reflections. Mm -hmm. We've also had a few changes to the book by Rick Ellis. Yep. And the costumes are going to be redesigned by another six noteworthy name. Mm Mm-hmm. Gabriella Slade. But I was really excited to see this one. I remember we saw a like a good year ago that the Share show was coming to Woking. And this was one that like I wanted to see. Did you enjoy it before we kind of start talking about it? Did you enjoy the show overall? Yes. So <laughs> I really enjoyed the show. I had a great time. I love Cher. I love her music. I think she's hilarious. But I fall into the same issue over and over again with biopic musicals, which is that because they take place over such a long time, there's always a section of the show that feels like it goes on for too long. And there's always a section of the show where it feels like lots of stuff is happening all at once and it could have been paced out. Yes. And some other stuff should have been shortened to fit around it. I have the same issue with Jersey Boys, which we're going to talk about in the near future. I have the same problem with the Osmonds, which we talked about, and Motown. All of those shows have phenomenal music, but I find very grating to watch because really with things like this, like I really didn't know... I really don't know a whole lot about Cher, just generally. No, me either. I don't think I needed to know as much about her as we get from this musical. And I don't want to sound like I'm being really negative, but just some of the scenes that went on, you know, there's that there's a whole section where she's with this guy who I'm sure I'm supposed to know his name. You know the cowboy? Yeah, that's um, Rob uh, Camilletti, mm-hmm. I believe, or Greg Orman. It's one of the two because the role is played by Sam Faraday, who plays both these different men in like her post-sunny life. Yeah, but then there's this whole section where she's with him, but also Sonny's around, and, oh, will she get back with Sonny or will she stay with the cowboy? And I was like, I don't care. I don't like either of these guys. I don't care about them. They sort of just feel like a way by which Cher gets her kids. Yes. Which she is obviously shown to deeply care about her kids, which that is more interesting to me 
than this random cowboy, who I'm sure was very important in her life, and also Sonny, who was a horrible person. To and I, but, so the thing with Sonny that surprises me with this is, first of all, the representation. I think Lucas Rush is great. They did a really good job, for me, showing Sonny as a human character, but flawed. And I wondered, especially after the Osmonds, mm. would this be warts and all as a story? Especially because Sonny dies. So I wondered if this might be more a loving homage to him. Or if this would be Cher telling the truth. Mm. And I think that Lucas Rush does a fantastic job. They lull you into this full sense of security of Sonny. There's a lot of happy-go-lucky. He's light-hearted. But then suddenly during ladies section of the story he's the worst sunny just turns completely and then when you see him again through the second act it's very very like sparse mm-hmm. but has gone back to being light-hearted a little bit it's like this marriage and this work commitment brought out the worst in both of them so i thought that was very very interesting because I really did enjoy their dynamic, especially where you have, you know, Millie O'Connell's babe unable to let go of Sonny. Yeah. And then Danielle Steers' lady desperate to get rid of Sonny. Yeah. You know, I thought that was quite an interesting dynamic as we have the past voices of Cher. I, I also completely agree with you that too much is rushed mm-hmm. with this show. And that is a problem I have with biopics because the secondary partners you know the cowboy and then rob they get very little depth you know yeah our our cowboy musician we know he's got a drug problem we know that it's bringing out the worst Mm -hmm. that's some depth but with the other guy and again i think this might be rob camilletti the, the name we see scenes where like they're struggling with the press and like the intrusion of their private lives yeah. But there's also a very short scene with Cher's mum where Cher's mum is like, you're the best thing that's ever happened to her. Mm-hmm. Like, don't don't let her go. And for me, I was left with more questions in that sequence than I had answers. Like, what made him so special? Because realistically, his whole section is maybe 10 minutes of this show compared to a good half an hour with Sunny. And it just glosses over this part in her life where she was focusing on films and the fact that it was him who convinced her to go for her Oscar-winning, like, film role. Yeah. He just kind of is there, and then suddenly he's not. Mm -hmm. And that was something I'd like to have known more about. But by the time we got to his section, we were already sort of in the boat of, like, wait, how long is left of this show? Mm. Because, like you say, it's so rushed, but also, that was maybe 20 minutes before the end of the show. Yeah. And I don't even know how we got from there to the ending. Yeah. Because the whole point point of the end of this show is that Cher is on her farewell tour. And so, and when she comes out to do the bows and the finale sequence, she says we'll never say farewell or we'll never say goodbye or something like that where she's like, this isn't the end. I will always be back. Like, yeah. 
You can't get rid of me. Yeah. So I liked that as a point. Is like, no matter how many times she was told she needed to stop working, she didn't. Yeah. But they also then make the alternative point of that when she was very unwell, she wouldn't stop working, which was a bad thing. Yes. Yeah. And I really do like the framing device of this musical. You know, we start on a dress rehearsal for Mm -hmm. the uh, concert. You know, you've got everyone prepped for Believe and Cher's not there. Cher's too busy getting ready. Even though it's just a dress rehearsal, Cher is going to be in full costume. And then we see Debbie Currup star as this disillusioned Cher. Yeah. And this is when we have Babe and Lady come on and we start taking like a stroll through memory lane. We go right back to the start and we go through all the different years. And some of the years go by so quickly mm-hmm. that it's kind of like it's very difficult to keep up with things. Did you have a particular, I mean, do you want to talk era to era? Sure. I think it's really good that we start with Millie O'Connell's Babe. Mm-hmm. We go right from like the formational years. I think this is my favourite. This is my favourite part of the show. Section of the show, which is really funny because my favourite share music is Star Share. Yes. And like a late lady share to Star Share. Although the Shoop Shoop song is one of my favourite songs of all time. Yeah. It's so funny. I was trying to, I remember trying to explain to you while we were waiting to go in what the Shoop Shoop song is. I had Wait, no idea. I can't say it. The Shoop, the Shoop, I can't say it. The Shoop Shoop song, yeah. It's In His Kiss. Mm-hmm. So this is the thing. That's where it is. I agree with you. And I feel really bad for Danielle Steers, who's phenomenal in this. Mm-hmm. But I feel like Lady is the most kind of glossed over. I think that's just because obviously her part is the middle of the story. Yes. However, I enjoyed her the most yes. of the three shares because of the way that she interacted with the other two. Yes. And the way she would say stuff to them and make little comments and even so the way that they treat it is that babe gets advice from the other two. And so Lady Cher is saying to her, you know, you're a big girl. You can do this. Pull yourself together. You don't need this guy. Yeah. And Star Cher is saying, you kind of have to go through this to be where I am now. And then Babe doesn't give Star any advice. She's always just trying to get back to being Babe. Yeah. But Lady is willing to give advice to future Star Cher, which... This is so hard to explain. It's all very no, but it is, like, and, meta, and, but... and this is the thing: we don't just go through an era and then that's it. That act gets sit backstage. They're constantly on commentating over things and, like you say, giving advice because Lady is so embittered by Love and Sunny. Mm-hmm. She is in that stage of her life where she regrets that relationship, whereas Star is at the stage of her life where she's lost Sunny. Yeah, she knows that. You know, she's come to her peace with it, but also knows that, yes, it's going to be a difficult process, but it's part of what her journey is. Yeah. And that dynamic is so interesting. We have them on stage or at all times. Mm-hmm. And I, I I think Lady was great. I think Danielle Sears was fantastic. And, you know, she really did bring that sass and had some great one-liners. 
intrigued. Yeah. One of the things I love is that they are all doing the Cher voice. Mm-hmm. I love that we get like seven-year-old Cher, you know, seven-year-old like babe. First grader babe, yeah. And it's great because Millie she O'Connell... She still has the Cher voice. Com- yeah, comes on on this tricycle, very jigsaw. Yeah, and, and it's cute and funny. It's cute and, and then has the Cher voice, this deep adult voice as a child. It's brilliant. You can see why Millie O'Connell is flourishing in this role because there's so much comedy to it, but also a lot of vulnerability. Mm -hmm. And I I mean, again, the costumes in this are fantastic for all of them. They all look amazing. I love how, you know, Babe's journey takes us through that. I struggle at school. People don't accept me. I, you know, I'm not sure what I am. Yeah. You know, I don't have talent. I'm not beautiful like you. Yeah, because Tori Scott, who plays Georgia, first of all, is gorgeous, but also Georgia is... Cher always talks about how great her mum is. Yeah. We get this nice scene at the cinema as well, which I thought was great, where they actually, they they talk about how the formative, like, experience was watching Cinderella. How they got the rights to A Dream is a Wish Your Heart Makes, I don't know. But it actually really adds, I think, to this because, you know, you have this moment where she's coming out of the cinema singing it and, like, her mum's boyfriend, who she's like, is my dad. Mm-hmm. Not her birth dad, but is her dad. Yeah. Um, it's like, how do you do this? How do you, you know, see this once and already know everything? You're very talented. Mm-hmm. And then, Special thanks to Disney. Yeah, so that's cool. I I, I really liked that because I think that's a really nice little memory to share. And from there, we kind of move on as she grows up and is 16 and meets Sunny. Mm-hmm. And she needs that prompt, that push from the other shares to, you know, go and talk to him. Yeah. She gets, you know, a job working and doing some recording uh, for other artists in the background and this was an inclusion I thought was a little odd, is that they include Phil Spector, who I know is a, clearly a huge part of her story. I genuinely have no idea who that is. Phil Spector was an American record producer and songwriter, mm-hmm. especially known for innovative recording practices and entrepreneurship in the 60s. However, all of this kind of followed uh, in the in the 2000s with two trials and a conviction for murder. Hmm. And he died in January 2021. So I'm surprised considering, you know, he spent a very long time. Uh, you know, nine, he, he spent a very long time in prison for the murder of actress Lana Clarkson. I'm surprised he's included in this story. Yeah. That I, I'm surprised they didn't just have generic record producer. Well, considering the role has been condensed down to a bunch of different characters. Yes. I think it, it does sort of disappear in a way. It does. Go- like, like I say, I had no idea who he was. That meant literally nothing no, to me. He's on stage for all of two minutes really as a character Mm -hmm. but from us from the british point of view when we see sunny and Cher as this successful act and they're like we're going to go to london and make a name for ourselves." yeah they go on top of the pops and they get very very successful there is no mention of jimmy savile 
yeah. who would have been hosting Top of the Pops at the time. It's just generic host. I did not know that he did that. Yeah, no, that's what one of the things he got famous from. Yeah. So I wonder how much of it is... Maybe the Americans don't necessarily know everything that's happened in the Jimmy Savile case. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine that not being the case. Well, so the guy who played that role, Jake yes. Mitchell... Jake Mitchell? Sam Faraday. Oh. He did Greg Allman, Rob, Phil Spector, John Southall. Yeah, so it's all condensed down into that one role. Yeah. So... For me, so... My favourite character. Who's your favourite character? Bob Mackie. Oh, Bob Mackie was brilliant. And also, actually, it goes against my point of condensing or cutting it to the point where only share sings because Bob Mackie has this whole solo number mm-hmm. which is you know getting you ready and getting you dressed and you know finding the glitz and glam of share mm-hmm. but Bob Mackie did the original costume design yeah. for the share show so it's very interesting when it was on Broadway that he's a character and obviously a huge part of share's life mm-hmm. he's and her he's her designer he's always been her yeah designer. so I wonder why it's been repurposed. What, why the costumes have been repurposed? Yeah. Probably, it's probably to do with rights. I actually don't know. But it's probably to do with licensing rights. And also, he might not be working anymore. I think he's probably retired. So he's probably not working anymore. Also, the costumes... That he made. They've obviously been redesigned. But they do bear a very clear resemblance to the original costumes. So the the new costumes are definitely working with that Bob Mackie style. And that's the point, obviously. But they also contain quite a lot of six. Oh, absolutely. Like, Like you know, if you were somebody who never got a chance to see Millie O'Connell or Danielle Sears in six. I feel like if you went there as a fan of them having loved them from six but never got to see them, seeing them in these, like, costumes would be a very cool moment for you. Mm-hmm. The, I mean, the costume design, the glitz and glamour of this show is absolutely incredible throughout. You know, the the costumes are great, and you can see Cher in them. I love, like, hippie Cher, where Millie O'Connell's like, we created hippies, we're the world's first hippies, you know? Each costume is appropriate for the era that we are viewing, Mm-hmm. I think Lady has the best costumes. And obviously we have this moment with Bob Mackie, who is like dressing Lady up mm-hmm. and is very passionate about this is what we're wearing. And it is really interesting as we transition into Lady's aspect of the story, you know, where you have Millie O'Connell and Sonny. We, we end with Babe starting their residency in Vegas, mm-hmm. you know, two years and it'll work. And then we move to Lady, who is now successful, and they have their primetime comedy show. Yeah. As seems to be tradition for most music artists at this time, that you have comedy, music, and skits, just like mm-hmm. the Osmonds. Very similar, two very similar like eras we've, we've talked about with these two different musicals. But we don't really get much of their, them at their height, and we don't really ever see much of Lady and Sonny being in love. Yeah. Because what we get is really the tail end of it, like the start of the fall, which is a shame. But I guess from that storytelling perspective, we know it's coming. 
So let's move forward with it. You said Lady has some of your favourite share songs. Oh yeah, definitely. Which of those share songs? Let me make sure I have the right list first. Yes, because we've got the, the 2022 UK tour, which has a lot less songs mm-hmm. on it. I liked Bang Bang. He shot me down. Yeah, that was good. That was very good. Obviously, Believe is in the lady section of the show, but also Vamp. I love Vamp. Vamp was great. <laughs> Believe, right, we came into the interval and it was one of those moments where, like, we always talk about it with, like, these jukebox shows mm-hmm. where it's kind of funny because they're just, they're doing nothing and they start going and start talking about, like, do you believe in life after love? Yeah, I think that's my other... I don't know what to call it other than the glee treatment. I just go straight into it. We're talking about a normal thing and then suddenly I'm singing a song, but it's not a musical song. It's a song that we all know. Yeah. I think We have the same thing in, like, Mamma Mia, right? I love Mamma Mia. I love that it's not a biopic. I love that they're just using ABBA songs for funsies. Yes. But I will never not laugh when right at the beginning of the film, Sophie's talking to her friends about the book and then she's like, honey, honey. Because <laughs> it's funny. It is. Like, and it's just plays funny. into the strength of this. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm surprised this isn't called Believe, the share show, mm-hmm. because like Believe is used like four or five times. Well, it's like... Beautiful, the Carol King musical, yes. which is the only biopic I've ever been like, yes, that is how you make a biopic. The difference is Carol King was writing the songs. Yeah. So not to say that Cher didn't write any of her songs, but no. but Carol King the majority of the show is her sat at her piano, you know, writing the songs. So it makes sense that she's suddenly singing them. Yeah. It's actually basically not a musical by musical standards yeah it's more like a concert or a workshop yeah it's more cool. like you're sat in her studio with her while she's writing that's really song. nice and like really powerful and intimate mm-hmm. whereas this is like huge because you come in and it's this huge like share house yeah you know like i <laughs> i i i genuinely was like is share being looked into by top men because it looks like the the warehouse that uh, the lost ark is taken to at the end of raiders yeah and it's very cool like you have the wigs all in the proscenium arch and you have all these costumes like these bags it just kind of gets the kind of this is a share museum mm-hmm. i do like ladies arc that we're, we're here and we see the toll that this lifestyle has taken you know the writers are against her it seems the directors are against her it seems the network's against her sunny's against her she is working non-stop Mm-hmm. She doesn't get time to be with her child, who, gotta say, I love that the script doesn't dead name them. Yep. Goes with their current name. Mm-hmm. Love that. Really nice little touch. It's a good way to work around it and to still obviously correctly name and gender yes. Cher's child. I think it's great. Mm-hmm. And I really like seeing, you know, Lady, who is at this height has the world at their fingertips who is struggling Mm -hmm. and you get this injustice of none of it is hers Mm -hmm. and seeing you know the the the, the show does a really good job of showing like Sunny and Chet arguing 
and having the argument instantly transition to the lights are on, like they're arguing right up into the three, two, one, action, and they just go into public faces. Yeah. And it does give you the idea that if you were like this audience in the time period, I can imagine the news of them splitting would be shocking. Because you've yeah. seen them on your TV screens and everything looks hunky-dory. But like, especially with the bang-bang and you hear the glass shatter as like Sonny supposedly breaks this mirror in anger. It's a powerful moment. And Daniel Steers nails it. Again, just like Millie O'Connell with this vulnerability. There's this sass, there's this confidence, there's this humour. Mm-hmm. But there's this also this vulnerability that I don't think you'd expect from someone like Cher. You know, you see the glitz and the gam. And actually people don't realise that this is a front. Yeah. But it's a shame that Lady doesn't get more of, like, the arc. You know, Act 1 is very much Babe and Lady. Act 2 places Star as the centre of attention. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you could have, like, a little bit more of Act 2 dedicated to Lady before progressing into Star. But saying that, I feel like we didn't spend enough time with Star. True. I mean, Act 2s are usually shorter. No, I know, but... A lot of what we had with Babe at the beginning, you had Lady there making comments and jokes and stuff. Yes. And Star wasn't there as much. And then through the Lady section, they're both there. And then when you get Star, the other two are there the whole time. Yeah. So we don't ever really get as much of Star as we do of the others. Which is interesting because she was amazing. Oh. Just incredible. She was. Like, Debbie Corrupt, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Like, definitely this vocal powerhouse. Yeah. And again, has some great moments of comedy. I really loved, like, her share auditioning for, like, Broadway. And how they kind of, like, broke the fourth wall. That it was, like, spotlight on the stage. And you would imagine that she was speaking out into the audience of the director. Mm-hmm. And even in this, like, vulnerable moment where she's like, I'm dyslexic. I can't read. You know. That was so nice. Was... I am super dyslexic. Yeah. I also had the same thing shared where, like, teachers weren't interested in picking up on it when I was at school. Yeah. And... I don't think I've ever... I I didn't know that about Cher. And I don't think I've ever had a role model like this. Yeah. Who's been like, yeah, I'm dyslexic, by the way. Like, that's insanely cool. That's it. And, like, this moment where, like, the doctor's like, just speak from the heart. And Cher's like, oh, it was a mistake. Oh, I shouldn't have done this. And the director goes, you can do this. And then... She's like, I like that. I like that. It's great because it's this moment of vulnerability. It's also humour. You get this real sense that Cher is... I genuinely come out of this feeling like I'd love to have dinner with Cher. Oh, yeah, for sure. More so than ever. I feel like she'd be a good time. Right? But also the willingness to poke fun at herself. You know, Mm -hmm. like one of the lines is like, you should see her tweets. Yeah. Like, it's... Yeah, I love that joke. It is really You didn't follow Cher on Twitter until I do now, yes. Her tweets... If you don't follow Cher on Twitter, you should go follow her. I don't know what she's doing, but I love it. Yeah, it's great. She's crazy. (laughs) It's fantastic. Star's life is very much, you can see why she ends up being burnt out, because it's kind of like one thing after the other. Mm -hmm. You know, you have the rise, the fall, the rise, the fall, the rise, the fall. You're constantly trying to stay relevant and reinvent yourself. 
and that must be exhausting. So we see that now Cher is fronting their own show, falls in love again with the cowboy musician, but still brings Sonny into the fold because he's got this good business brain. So he's struggling with like that personal life, but also professional life is in this relationship that clearly isn't working when she gives birth to the second he's out doing drugs so they split amicably which is very quick and then she falls so she gets into acting we do the broadway scene and we get the films and she's nominated for an oscar doesn't succeed the first time around goes for another film it's doesn't even get a nomination Mm -hmm. and then she's like well who am i and then meets another boy. Yeah. And he convinced her to go for it, even though he's like 20 years younger than her. Convince her to go for it. She wins her Oscar. Mm-hmm. Their life is derailed by the press. He um, is vicious towards the press because he's trying to defend Cher's honour. They fall apart because of it. If that sounds rushed to you, listeners, that's because what it's like in the show is it is rushed. Yeah. We see Cher briefly have to try and do um, like sales things on TV, you know, like where you'd sell live Mm -hmm. and that doesn't go well. But again, she pokes fun at herself and then she reinvents herself once more and, and then says goodbye to Sunny who's passed away. Yeah. Act two, I think is all style very limited substance mm-hmm. which isn't a bad thing because i was having a good time through all of this i think the musical numbers are incredible yeah i love the interplay between star lady and babe i think the costumes are a treat and you've obviously got some very strong performances that you are watching and you're just sucked into yeah but you're just kind of left being like what's going on and why mm-hmm. which is a, a common thing with biopics i believe like you say you're left wanting more which i think is to the detriment of this show oh yeah the finale number is absolutely amazing mm-hmm. like i absolutely adore this opportunity for you to get up and sing we go back to the beginning and this time instead of a stage hand like taking Cher's place and miming and getting really into oh, it. he's great too. That, that was moment funny. was great. Instead, Cher comes out and we get the full believe sequence at last. And then you get each different iteration of Cher come out ready to perform and you can sing along with this. It's a very triumphant ending. Mm-hmm. But I do just feel a little disappointed like, I, I really enjoyed this one, but it's like in hindsight, you feel disappointed that you just didn't get all the depth that you wanted to. It's like, by act two comes along, it's like, oh no, we've got so much to do. Yeah. Would it have been better served focusing on a shorter time period? But then you wouldn't necessarily get believe into it. And I think that's the issue. Yeah. I don't know. You can't not have believe in this musical. No, obviously, obviously, and I like it where it is, but because there are references to it earlier, I kind of thought it was coming earlier, you know? Yeah, that's it. One of the things I think we should talk about 
obviously the music mm-hmm. i don't think you'll be disappointed by it i think there's a lot of share songs that there is something for every era you know you will get babe i got you babe yep which you know obviously is a huge song that really you shouldn't be without mm-hmm. but then you will also get your shoop shoop song yep which is maybe not as well known. Maybe not to you. Everybody knows the Shoop Shoop song. Yeah, I, I didn't. But, you know, that's fine. Um, we obviously get If I Could Turn Back Time. That song is used really, really well. It's the second song in the show. It's the first full musical sequence as our three shares are like, we should turn back time. Mm-hmm. It's the best use that you could have in this song as it's like, we're going to go turn and we're going to look back. Shoop Shoop song was Cher's first Number one single. Cool. Solo. Because her previous one in the UK was um, I Got You Babe. Nice. I like Song for the Lonely. But again, this is like some of these songs, even though we don't go up to like 2002, we've just found a way to fit like one of the later songs Mm -hmm. into the end of Act 2, end of Act 1. And I think the end of Act 1 is really, really strong. Like it leaves us fit like it's this really nice amazing huge moment and it leaves us wanting more to come back into the theatre with mm-hmm. and I loved absolutely adored the stage you know I think the everything felt very real yes you know I think your set design is fantastic as is the lighting design so it's Tom Rogers for the set design Ben Cracknell for the lighting design you could see the lights bouncing off the sequins. Like, this feels like, you know, it's not just... It really is like the share show. It's not just share on stage. Everything about the stage is share. You know, you think of all this glitz. Mm-hmm. You're going to get it with this show. And I don't think if you're a fan of share, you will leave it disappointed. No, not at all. You know, you will have seen share represented on stage mm-hmm. through three phenomenal performers. Yeah. I think the ensemble are brilliant, that they all bring like something really great to it. The choreography by Oti Mabuse is is amazing. Like this ensemble carry some really fantastic choreography. We get tap, which obviously we know will go down a treat with me. Really is just like the story of this one that I find lacking. Mm. Who was your, I guess, MVP for this one? I don't think I can pick just one because obviously all three of our iterations were incredible. Yeah. I think it has to be them, those three, because the whole point of this musical is the fabulous quote that it comes down to of Cher saying, a mom, I am a rich man. Yeah. Which I love. The whole audience cheered. Yeah. Incredible. Because these guys only exist to further her story. Yeah. Which I love. I love to see that. It's very Jane Austen and that's what we're here for. So. I agree. I do think, you know, you have to give it to these powerhouse performers, you know, between Millie O'Connell, Danielle Steers and Debbie Currup. They're amazing. And 
like when they're all on stage together, it's great. But mm-hmm. each one of them carries their moments brilliantly. And I don't think there is a weak link. I just think that not all of them get the same like opportunities. Yeah. But they all carry it brilliantly. And at a final moment, they all come out in like full attire. It feels like the culmination. Mm-hmm. I do want to give a shout out, I think, to Lucas Rush. I think they were really good at Sunny. You know, they lulled me into a full sense of security. I don't know much about their life with Cher. I didn't know the circumstance of Sonny and Cher breaking up. Yeah. So seeing that really kind of shocked me, especially from like a character who's been the butt of the jokes the entire time. It was just like, wow. And was just a phenomenal performance. So for me, like absolute shout out to Lucas Rush for that. What was your favorite song within this? From, like, the extensive share back catalogue. Probably the Shoop Shoop song. Just I know I keep talking about it, but I kind of forgot it was going to be in the show. Yeah. And then when it ha- came to, like, start singing, I was just having the best time. And then... Well, I don't know what after that. I like all the songs. I, I think the songs were absolutely brilliant. I tell you what, when they did Believe at the end and they added the share auto-tune yeah. vocalisations, that was great. Oh, it was I a love really that. good moment. I love that stuff. I mean, Believe is great and like so was If I Could Turn Back Time. Yeah, like These were great. amazing moments. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to say... I really enjoyed the bang bang sequence because mm-hmm. it just felt like this was Cher at rock bottom. Yeah. And in amongst this bit where Lady has all this like glitzy, amazing lifestyle, that moment just really like struck me. And yeah, Song for the Lonely, I think is a great way to end act one. But they're all good. Like every song I'm like enjoying. There's no like weak link with this. Mm. All the songs are great. And it was just, like, really fun to listen to. I I didn't know where the band were. Because they weren't in a pit. And there was no, like, obvious area where they were on stage. And I think mostly the curtains, or that they had, like, a backdrop that basically was three quarters of the way down the stage and stayed there the entire time. So they must have been just behind the stage set up. Yeah. I'd like to have seen the orchestra, because they were fantastic. Mm. Like, especially if, like, at the end, they put on, like, a share hat or something, or share wig, just for the final number. Oh, yeah. So I don't have a skip song. No, me either. Because I think they're all vital. Like, even, like, small little moments, like, A Dream is a Wish Your Heart Makes, I just found really cute. Mm. I would listen to this soundtrack again and again and again. Who would you want to play? I guess, which share would you want to play? Um, I don't know. I think I have the power. No. Also, <laughs> I mean, do you not want to play Cher or, you know? I mean, I definitely would want to play Cher, but I have no idea. I, I would want to be Babe if I could be any of these iterations of Cher. Mm. I like the comedy at the start of it as well. And I like the kind of finding your voice and finding your feet. I would like to play Sunny in this one. Just mm. that I'd love to have the same impact on an audience 
that they had for me. Yeah. You know, that whole, like, just that moment. What was your star rating for this one? I think... I won't say four, but, like, three and a half, maybe? I feel like I'm being nice. Okay. I'm, I'm going to say four stars. Yeah. Because I really did enjoy this one. Like, I came out of this and I had a blast. It's kind of like... When See, you... I, I had a great time. I just don't know that it was because of the show. It... I think I had a great time because of the three amazing actors playing Cher and the music. Yeah. and that... I don't think it had anything to do with the rest of it. I think the show is inconsequential. To the I could we could have gone to a share concert and had exactly the same right like but, impersonation concert. But, but that's the, the thing is I really liked this because I think these amazing performers on stage mm-hmm. did so much and you know I learned a few bits here about share that I didn't and there are moments that stuck with me like the audition on Broadway or yeah. like the cinema sequence. Mm-hmm. But it, it it's not one of those stories that I think is you're not here for the story you are here for the spectacle and it delivers. Yeah. You know, so yes, for us, the story doesn't necessarily work. Does that hinder this show? No, I still had a blast watching it. And I think if you just want to go for a good night at the theatre, the share show will absolutely deliver. Oh, definitely. So next week is a show that I'm very, very excited for. It's going to be Holy Musical Batman. Oh, yeah, it's Batman week. Yes, uh, we are going to delay this episode, I think, to the 20th of September. We wanted to launch this on the 19th. I'm, I'm not sure if you've heard, but there's, you know, the funeral of the Queen on the 19th. So I think for us, we're going to delay our launch to the 20th of September mm. just because... It feels appropriate. On the 26th, we will be returning to our Disney series. And I am prepared this week. Mm. We're going to be watching Alice in Wonderland. Mm -hmm. Which I think should be fun. Then on the 3rd, we have to bump Thoroughly Modern Millie again. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Sorry. Yeah, sorry guys. Um, We are going to cover it, I promise. Yeah, we we will cover it, hopefully, Touchwood, on the 10th of October. Mm-hmm. before we go into Halloween season. But on the 3rd, uh, again, we're going to be very lucky to go see another biopic musical, Jersey Boys. We're going to be seeing that live at the New Victoria Theatre in Woking on the 28th. So we will be talking about that on the 3rd. And then, yeah, home straight to Halloween, your mm-hmm. favourite time of year. As always, you can get involved in the conversation over on Twitter and Instagram at It's a Musical Pod. Let us know your thoughts on the Share Show or any of our upcoming features we want to know, and we will include your opinions on the show. Mm-hmm. You can subscribe to us on a multitude of good podcasting platforms. We are available on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, on the Amazon Music app under the podcast section of the library. You can find us on Stitcher, Good Pods and our OG host Podbean. And if you like what we do, head over to any of those platforms or to podchaser.com and leave us a review. Oh my days, next week it really is same bat place, same bat channel. (laughs) Yeah, it is. I'm so excited. Mm -hmm. Uh, We will see you next week 
same bat place, same bat channel. Have a magical musical Monday.